Hey friends, welcome to the Rhythms for Life podcast, where each week we talk about four rhythms that help you reduce stress and anxiety and take charge of your emotional health. Rest, restore, connect, create. Welcome back to Rhythms for Life Season 2 kickoff episode. Yay, drum roll. Woo. I mean, there's there's all kinds of confetti flying right now because <laughs> Season 2 is here, and it's awesome. It's 2020, 2020. Crazy. Crazy. Everybody's talking about it. Oh, yes. Everybody's talking about it. We know that you've heard many podcasts so far already about resolutions and even rhythms. Eating healthy. Yes. Exercising. Reflecting. Losing weight. Reflecting on 2019 or even the last decade, it is, as you know, uh, the Roaring Twenties. Gabe told me to stop saying. I'm, so, I'm kind of tired of it, honestly. It's like, it's like I, I didn't even hear that till a month before the new decade it was the first time somebody <laughs> said that, and I thought, oh, that's interesting. But I kind of, I don't want to be in a decade that's looking back a hundred years, going, oh, we're that decade from a century ago. And then, and then like a roar. week ago, I'm like, I don't want to talk. Can we stop using the, the thing roaring 20s? Let's have our own thing about the 20s. I just think you, people are looking at the word roar like in a different spin, like a positive spin. I mean, it, it, it could be a positive thing. So I don't mind it, but. <laughs> yeah, well, I don't know. I kind of I kind of wear out on those things quickly, but maybe it'll last for a while. But I, I bet we don't hear the term roaring 20s in about three months. It'll be over. <laughs> So I'm just I'm just calling it early. But anyway, we're excited that you're a part of this with us. And we have received so much feedback on last season. And so many of you over the December holiday, I think there was a lot of car time, a lot of window time, airplane rides. People were taking in podcasts, thinking through these things. And it's just been fun to continue to hear your enthusiasm and your encouragement yes. about how these conversations are helping you. I know it's helping Rebecca and I, and, and we feel like we're on this journey together. We don't have it mastered. We're working on it. We're learning. We're figuring out how do we add these rhythms into our life in the easiest way possible. And it's exciting, though, to see all of you starting to take it up and seeing your hashtags on this. It's just been great. I love that we got to take a break, December, and you know this first couple weeks of January. But for those of you who are new to the podcast, I found out so many of you were still finding out about it over the holidays with these featured podcasts of the day. And so I hope it was a tool and a resource, especially through the holidays. I know for me, December was a slowing in every way, and you know how much I'm an advocate for rest. And because the fall was so intense with launching the book in October 1st, uh, by by mid-November, going into Thanksgiving, into December, I was so grateful for a little bit of a slowing down. And you mentioned the book, and what Rebecca's referring to is her best-selling book, Rhythms of Renewal, Trading Stress and Anxiety for a Life of Peace and Purpose. And that certainly did kick off this conversation for us this fall, because so many people are talking about it. And And you wrote about these four different rhythms that everyone should be living out to be at their maximum health, mental health, emotional health, spiritual health. Will you recap for new listeners who are just joining us for this season what those four rhythms are? Sure thing. It's rest, restore, connect, create. The first two are input rhythms, rest and restore, and it's all about filling you back up, being replenished. So I do think that that even comes in an annual cadence as well. We want versions of that daily, but even annually, I think the winter is a time of rest and restore. Yeah, winter and summer seem to be, you mm -hmm. get the holidays and then in the summer you do get this little bit of a break or, or if you're able to take a vacation or get a week to just 
step away from the craziness of daily life, it, it does give you a little extra time, I know, to read, mm-hmm. to reset. Yeah. So resting is your inner life. You know, am I okay? Are God and I okay? So for me in December, that was very much the way I was operating. I was just going through reading through John again and just like reading the gospels and all the words that Jesus said and just being reminded. I spend a lot of time in the New Testament when I'm studying the Bible about like the letters of Paul because it's so much about God's message to the church. And that's kind of where I hang out sometimes. But it was it was just wonderful to reread just the words from Jesus himself in the month of December and going into, you know, Advent and and waiting for his birth and expectation, but um, what that signifies. But what I found is that that inner life slowing down is really examined when we're quiet, when we're quiet, when we're not always putting things out there. And that's why the rhythms are so important. Like everything has and serves a purpose. So rest and restore. And the other piece about restore what I love is that restore follows rest and restore is all about your physical health. And so after December of a lot of reflection and inner life and quiet before God, like in January, we're caring about what we're putting in our bodies naturally. And I think that's not a coincidence that the new year feels like a fresh start, a reset for so many of us. We want to take our physical health seriously. We want strength. We want endurance. We want to keep going in the work that we love or in the families and the people that we love, but sometimes we're so burnt out, we don't have the energy. So energy is a big part of that motivator for me in the Restore Rhythm. And some of that's just the way nature and the way God's created this world operates. I know you were talking to one of our friends who's a doctor about how far away we are from the sun in mm-hmm. December. Tell a little bit about yes. kind of what he was revealing to you about kind of the natural yes. cadence of things. Well, I, I had commented that there was a little bit of a low after the intensity of the birthing season of the book. And he said, actually, in December or winter, like there's a couple things. Like, first of all, our friend Josh Axe is going to tell us next week on the on the first podcast that we do with a guest for the season, that you need more sleep in the winter. Your body actually takes on this hibernation mode, and partly because the circadian rhythm just is night begins sooner. And then another doctor was telling me, he said, you know, you're furthest from the sun, actually, in the winter. The days are so short as a result. And so it almost does take on a little bit of a sobering sense physically with energy and even it it causes you to reflect. It causes you to kind of go in and go, are there places, this is what happens with me when things slow down. Are there places that I kind of overlook or avoid when I'm busy that I need to address that probably need to come to the surface There needs to be healing there. I maybe need to go to someone and say, as I've reflected, here's some things, places of unhealth that I know God doesn't want me to ignore. So the blessing of the slowing down and then the hibernation, I do think, is some introspection that leads to healing. It's funny because I know for this season, I feel like how many nights at 7 o'clock are we like, it's only seven o'clock. Like, well, I'm we so might tired. Well it's to, time to go to bed. And, to and bed. I and I guess, hey, we're we're like bears now, right? We need to hibernate. <laughs> it makes sense. That's why we pack on the pounds between Thanksgiving and Christmas. And then we try to lose and those. Then we try to lose in it. January. So, so we're all in the same place, I think, mentally, where a new year means a new start. Because we're in the new decade, that's given it a little more pressure of going, okay, I can look back over the last ten years maybe and reflect, and then I can set a new course for the next 10 years. And that's an exciting thing to, to just wipe the slate clean and say, 
how do I want the next 10 years to look? Right. And I do think that's why I camped out a little longer on rest and restore, because I think on an annual rhythm, those two are more dominant right now. Um, But the last two in the book are connect and create, and those are output rhythms. And the point of those, I I really think we're going to hit the ground running in connect and create probably in the spring when new life is coming and we've got blooms and people are getting out of their houses and we're starting to host things outdoors. Um, Usually gatherings happen very naturally when there's like a cookout or a picnic or something like that. And I think it's just so awesome that God created everything in rhythm and that nature operates in rhythm and so that we have heartbeat and pulse and breathing. And because we're a people of rhythm, we tend to function well in the way things are already established. So connect is all about relational health and create is all about your work and the the gifts you offer the world. One thing I have learned is that my word for the year in this reflection season is is not one that I really wanted to have. And that's usually how this happens. In my journaling in December, a word tends to surface or a theme tends to surface for the next year. I've been doing this since 2011. Words are so powerful for me. They have they have a lot of weight. And so I remember at 2011, after I had walked out of panic disorder, we had a New Year's Eve party with some friends and we went around the table. And this was long before I'd ever heard anybody talk about a word for the year. And my friends said, hey, name your year in a word. And and in that moment, I said rescue because that's when I was walking out of like a, a pit of panic disorder. And so since then, I've had a word for every year. And now usually it comes without me looking for it as I'm reflecting and anticipating the new year, usually the last month of the year prior. So I remember in December feeling antsy. And usually when I feel like I want to run, I I need change because I'm slow enough and still enough and I don't have busyness to interrupt me. My knee-jerk reaction is to just want to cover that up or avoid having to face some stuff. So I tend to like just want to go somewhere. We got to get out of town. We got to go do something. We got to like, I still have to fill that void somehow. And so the theme that I was praying through is I want to be settled in my skin and settled as a person. Because I think part of the reason why I want to go places a lot is that I feel physically unsettled sometimes. Like we've been in Franklin five years. We moved here from New York City that was action-packed and fast-paced. and Life is a little slower around Franklin, <laughs> One of these Tennessee. things is not like the other. <laughs> and so as a result, I think I always kind of want to chronically go. And my family kind of jokes me that I'm busy Rebecca. Like that's my, that's, my, <laughs> that's my adjective. And I don't know that it's a compliment, quite frankly. And so there is something in me that goes, okay, what are the reasons that I have such a hard time being settled? And that's the day that I wrote, like, am I actually settled in my skin? Like, who I am as a person? Am I comfortable with, like, what God's established in me? Why why do I need more? Why do I, like, always have to go or have something action-packed to, to fulfill something? So that's my word for the year. It's not that exciting, but it is helping me kind of slow and settle down and maybe unroot the things that make me compulsively want to run. And I think that's a theme for a lot of us. I don't think that's just you. I would imagine a lot of listeners are dealing with a culture now where we're getting a lot of dopamine hits from a lot of different things. And it's always at our fingertips, whether it's watching television or it's social media. We're seeing that that's just picked up in a lot of people's lives. And so there seems to be a move towards, okay, I need to step back. I need to step away. I need to settle down. I need to better get in touch with who I really am. I know for me, one of the fascinating things this last week I was reading 
was Twitter. And I, I mean, I don't really love to promote Twitter, but, but what I would say is one of the valuable things that comes out of something like Twitter is that it's looking at everything we're talking about as a global world, a global public square that's coming together to have conversations. Now, granted, not everybody's represented on it. It's a certain group of people who love being on Twitter and are sending all their communication that way. So it doesn't necessarily represent the population perfectly. But what it does, and, and this is what's amazing, I mean, from from Twitter, I'm just going to read you kind of what this data is because they, over the last three and a half years, here's what it says. Billions of tweets were analyzed to uncover the most used hashtags, then mapped to cluster themes of conversation. Through human coding and machine learning, commonplace topics like politics and sports were removed and significant growth areas and contextual shifts in conversations were identified. With the help of cultural insights experts at CrowdDNA, 18 emerging trends were uncovered, and they grouped those into six major trends. And do you know the top trend was well-being? Right. So this is the number one conversation wow. is well-being. And and when you get into the the details of that data... Listen to this, and this is what's so critical, I think, for our listeners, why we're doing this podcast, why we're trying to talk about rhythms, and why this is connected with an audience. I mean, we didn't know this going no. into you writing mm-hmm. this book. Had you known it, you'd have gone, this would be the perfect book to write right now. Exactly. Because everybody's thinking about this. People are approaching, this is from Twitter, the conversation around whole body wellness, that people are approaching the concept of health as a holistic journey, yeah. inclusive of physical, mental, and spiritual well-being. Wow. So that's that's increased, and here's how they track it. Over three and a half years, by almost 400%, that conversation has risen on Twitter. And what's dropped by 50% is the conversation around dieting, detox, and sleeping pills. Wow. So, So what they said is, meanwhile, there's less of a focus on external appearance and pharmaceutical solutions to everyday wellness issues. So there's a, there's a load of information here, but the point is people are talking about it. Like a conversation around, quote, sleep journals is up 43% over three and a half years. Amazing. Sleep journals. Amazing. I mean, these are the kinds of things we're trying to uncover with you on this journey. But it's exciting to realize that kind of the human race mm-hmm. is waking up to some of these things and realizing that there's not a quick fix right. to getting into maximum health. It's it's kind of slow and steady wins the race. Right. I've learned in this process that transformation happens one small step at a time, period. There is no silver bullet, this magic pill. And I do think in the past we have bought that lie that like if we take this or that or the other, everything will be solved. And yet we do know that we are whole beings and we have mind, will, and emotions. And we've got wounding and we've got celebration and we've got a lot of stuff we actually have to own, acknowledge, and do the actual work. And I am, I'm one that would testify that nine years after having panic attacks or panic disorder, it's taken a lot of intention to do the work. And yet there are still moments that I'm like, oh, I feel some, you know, the muscle memory of anxiety creeping back in. What am I doing today to head that off? And that was the point of the book, honestly, was to give really practical approaches every single day that don't cost money, but are just intentional. And that's why I'm so encouraged about this conversation being number one on Twitter. I mean, it's amazing because what it tells me is that people are really taking charge of their own emotional health. They're no longer looking outside for someone else to fix them and solve it for them. They're actually going deep. They're, they're willing to count the cost and pay it, like pay the price of what's required for them to live as whole people. And 
I'm so, so grateful for that because I think the more we are willing to do that, it affects not only us, it affects our families, it affects our friendships, it affects our work, it affects everything we touch because we care enough to be well. And then as we get well, you know, we help the people around us get well. Yeah. And, and you know, the key here is that we're helping this conversation become normal so that yeah. it's not isolated. That's what we've learned about mental health. I mean, the last many years how much people haven't had a place to talk about it. One of the data points that came out of Twitter was there's a 57% increase in organizations and people raising awareness about mental health. There's 13% increase on mental health movements. I would say what you're doing and what you've written and even this conversation is part of that. And that's what we want. And that's why if you're listening to this, and maybe you listened last season and you're jumping back in for this season, I know it's a lot of podcasts, there's a lot of episodes, it's a lot of content. You have a lot of people you can choose to listen to. What I want you to do, though, is think about who are the people in your life where you know they they need a reset that's not going to just be a quick fix, but there's a way of living that you want to encourage them in. Invite them to be a part of this community with us. Invite them to listen. Share this episode with them. Let them get on this journey with us as we start this new year and this new season where we're going to bring you some of the best experts on everything from how you're eating to your sleep, but also therapists. We're going to bring in this year people who are listening to uh, therapy conversations, psychologists, yeah, parenting on how do you help your teens, how do you help your preteens and kids, even five-year-olds and six-year-olds deal with anxiety, which is a rising trend of how much they're talking about it. We're going to put the best people on the other side of this table for conversation so that we're learning together, we're listening to them, and we're trying to figure out how to implement these into your life. Right. Because what we know, even though it's January and everyone's all fired up, Everyone has resolutions every year, January 1. We also know that data shows that 80% of people who make resolutions don't keep them. It's just too hard because, again, I think we look at it as a diet or we look at it as a detox or we look at it as like this extreme way to counter um, the way we were living, and it's too hard to maintain. It's it's like just setting this goal that we feel, even as we set it, we're like, I don't really actually think I can do this very long. The invitation of a rhythm, though, is to say, hey, just start adding this into your daily life. It doesn't mean you have to reset every single thing that you do, but slowly add the right things in and and find life from them. Get joy from them. See how it actually increases positivity in your day. There's not a pressure that like you can't do this cold turkey, but just add the right things in. And then over time, rhythms do become a natural part of your life because your body wants to function in rhythm anyways. And so you're just being intentional around it. And that's why I think rhythms over resolutions is the key. It truly is for my life, for people I've talked to, for the people who have already gone through this. They're saying, hey, it's not that hard to add in an evening walk or a morning walk or walking at some point because we have legs and we need to walk. So it's not that complicated. It's just thinking about it in advance. Yeah, and planning ahead a little bit. I mean, even eating. I know uh, one of our children said, I'm going to stop eating processed food this year, right? It's just, it's saying, I want to just try to incorporate this one area that's convenient, but I realize it's harming my health. So what are those little steps we can take? Yeah. If the beauty is though, if you do eat a processed thing next week, that doesn't mean you've fallen off the processed wagon and now you might as well just let the rest of the year go, go to pot. Like you actually, it just means in rhythm you go, yeah, today I kind of didn't do the best, but tomorrow's a new day. There's mercies. I can, I can begin again. There's no shame or condemnation around it. That's it's, it's less pressure, I think. And what I'm encouraged by that 
when you read something like, hey, the Globe, one of their top topics outside of sports and politics is well-being, is you realize you're not alone that you're thinking about this stuff. You realize in a culture now where we don't talk to one another as much, we have less spaces where we're engaging like face-to-face conversation, that you sharing this message with your friends is something they're wanting. It's something people are desiring. They're looking for solutions. And each of us can be those advocates. We can help people understand there is a better way. There's a community of people walking this out, trying to do it. And Rebecca, you know, some fun things that have happened, I mean, just in the last few weeks, your book, Rhythms of Renewal now, and Targets, Walmart, Costco. So it's kind of showing up now because, you know, this is the way publishing works, but the publishing world starts to see momentum. They realize this is a message that people are interested in. And then, you know, a couple months after release, now it starts to show up in all these other places. Retailers, so there's just, yeah. yeah, there's just more access points. And there's, you know, other than Amazon, there's more right. places people are just shopping and looking around. And so I know that's been fun yeah. to see it move to that place. Right. So you can walk into your local Target. There's 1,800 stores nationwide, and you can walk in and just grab it off the shelf. And I'm really grateful for that. I never take that stuff for granted. I'm so grateful for Walmart stocking it in their stores. Not everybody likes to buy online. They want to hold a book and feel it and skim it before they buy it. And those stores are still offering the book at discount, 30% off at some, 40% off at some. So I love that. I'm so grateful. Obviously, every time I'm in a city and there's, I happen to stumble upon a book in a store, I always sign it. <laughs> yeah, I know you do. I'm always looking around. People look at you like you're crazy. Like, why are you writing why in this book? Writing it? Who's that girl? But the retailers <laughs> love it. They're like, please do that. And yes. Share about it. The other thing that's starting, and this is coming quick, next uh, Monday yes. is this new study. It's it's global. I mean, people, anybody can participate in this. Yes. It's pretty amazing. And there's tens of thousands of people now yes. who have signed up to go through a study uh, with you right. on Rhythms of Renewal. Can you yes. share with people a little more about that? Yes. I'm partnering with my friends at Faith Gateway. It's a five-week study. It starts January 20th, so next Monday through February 23rd. And it's just an online study, videos, um, downloads all these free gifts when you sign up. It's it's so fun. But what I'm really loving is that it starts January 20th. And I don't know if you remember this, but in my book, I talk about Blue Monday and how it's the most depressing day of the year. And it's usually like the third Monday in January where people have stopped doing the resolutions because it couldn't stick. And the, the high of the holiday season is done, and all we've got is winter to look ahead yeah. to. And I'm like, man, that is not a coincidence that we are kicking off this mindful, holistic approach to health together. You know, I think part of the lie around all this mental health conversation is that you're the only one walking through this, and it's too big for you to overcome. But when we do these things in community, in a study where a lot of people are interacting with it, Get, grab a friend, grab a group. I mean, I've heard from so many people who are doing this with their besties, inviting them to join together. There's journal prompts, there's a notebook, and and there's actual videos. So <laughs> I think... And it's free. It's free. Right? It's all I mean, free. And it's fun to me because I get energized by it. I need to be reminded of this content personally on Blue Monday. <laughs> I need to be reminded of this through those coldest days of winter, which typically are February, early March. So please join us if you can. It'll be so fun. Yeah. And you can do that by going to RebeccaLyons.com. And at the top of the page, you can register for that. You'll yes. see how to do that. You can also go to Rebecca's Instagram, which is at Rebecca Lyons, R-E-B-E-K-A-H Yes. Lyons. We'll be talking about it on Facebook. And also we'll put the link right here in the show notes. 
So what I'd like to encourage you to do as we kick off this new season is leave a review because this is the way in podcast world that people start to recognize the types of content they need to take in. We know there's thousands of new podcasts launched every year. So there's lots of competition for conversations. But if you're enjoying this conversation, take two minutes, go on your podcast app where you're listening to this and actually leave a review so that other people can start to understand what this conversation is about. And then invite your friends to join us as this season begins and we kick off as we come into next week and next episode, Josh Axe. He's an expert on health, on how our emotions are tied in to our physicality, to what we're eating, to how we're sleeping. It's going to be an incredible episode that's going to be packed. You're going to want to take notes on this. You're going to want to probably go back and listen to it two or three times because it's going to give you a bit of a roadmap of how to think about your body, what you're putting in it, and how it's going to affect the rest of your life. See you next week. 